0: The first thing we have to think about is we want to help a child regulate their own emotion. We can't do that unless we're regulating our own emotions. We have to think about what can we do to say, all right, we're going we're gonna to really need to calm myself down. Uh, I need to think about what is going to happen first. What do I need to do that's going to help me to regulate my emotions?
1: this episode is brought to you by the blissful parenting toolbox if you are looking for better ways to communicate with your child deal with challenging behavior or just improve your parenting skills our free parenting toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox that address again www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox register today and we'll see you on the inside hello hello blissful parents michelle abraham your host here today and have i got an amazing guest for you my good friend dr Anne. Katona Lynn, and she's here today. Let me say hi first. Hi, Dr. Ann. How are you doing? I am great. How are you, Michelle? Awesome. Well, let me tell you guys a little bit more about Dr. Ann. She is a passionate educational coach and a leader who has dedicated her career to helping schools and communities develop safe, supportive and positive school climates for children and teachers. She's received multiple awards for expertise in the classroom management, mental health, and special education. And so today we're diving off our conversation and we're talking really about the three ultimate strategies to calm stress in your home. And I'm just excited to dive into this conversation and having a safe space for kids and within our community and within our schools, I think is, uh, Something that needs a lot of attention these days. So, thank you for being with us, Doctor Anne. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, let's just dive in with a little bit about. Well, I didn't even, didn't even, didn't even mention you have a new book just about to launch called "Shedding Lies: uh, Living Beyond Childhood Trauma." So, let's talk about the book first because it's uh, hot off the press. Yeah. Hot off the press. We'll talk That's... about the book first, and then we'll dive into other topics. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, so yeah,
0: this is my story of my childhood trauma and what it looked like, because I wasn't one of those kids that was like a bad kid. I was actually one on the outside. Everybody thought like we had the perfect family. We have the perfect life. Everything was wonderful. And, and I was really good at putting that outside face on, you know, kind of that perfectionist and and putting that mask on. And so I ended up with, um, uh, full-blown PTSD. So, it was uh, a car accident when I was four years old. At mm-hmm. the time, my family wasn't allowed to be with me in the hospital. So, they further re-traumatized me. And then when I went home, we didn't talk about it. You know, and and it this, yes, this was 1970, but it, you know, still impacts things now even mm-hmm. for kids. You know, it's just being in the hospital was a really difficult thing. And so, that kind of snowballed. And so the book is really kind of showing my journey. And, and really, I didn't even realize until I was in my early 30s. Well, I, I guess I was in my teens that I, I was like, oh, yeah, I have PTSD. But I, I really, you know, I thought I was going to just kind of get over it. And about um, and I'd full, I did, i full blown. And around 14, I realized, well, I started drinking. Because where I grew up in high school, that's kind of what we did. It was a normal thing. So it wasn't a big deal to start drinking. It was kind of, it wasn't a red flag. And so my symptoms stopped and I didn't understand why. Uh, But I was very insecure still. I just always felt like something was wrong with me. So I was one of those kids that internalized things. I had panic attacks and I would do whatever to try and prevent it from happening in the first place. So I was... You know, I was kind of a a control freak in a way, but really it was more of, I just was anxious. I was very anxious a lot and I didn't really know what it was. And I was, you know, luckily I had lots of positive things in my environment that helped. And there were a lot of things though, uh, specifically childhood emotional neglect, which is really kind of new in the field. We haven't really talked about what that is, but when we don't really provide the help and support, not just physically, but emotionally for kids at home and in their environment, it's really, it can damage them. And it's a very, very subtle thing. Well-meaning parents who have absolutely love for their children, if they don't really um, kind of talk about things and provide that environment, and specifically for me, because I already had post-traumatic stress disorder from an accident where I went face first through the windshield. Oh my So gosh. like, wow, you know, four years old in the hospital by myself. And so, you know, that was something that could impact any child. And so, you know, again, if if we don't really, you know, a lot of, I think the, my family was like, oh, well, she doesn't talk about it. We'll just, it, it'll go away. You know, let's just act like it's not there and let's just, You know, they support it.
1: It's They did the best they could with what they had. Right. I think that was kind of (laughs) normal that time. (laughs) Yeah. We just don't talk about that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We still don't in many ways. It's got a lot better. But, yeah, we just didn't
0: talk about things. So, uh, you know, I don't blame my family. They were also traumatized as well through this whole experience. And, um, you know, realizing how it then impacted me as an adult. And it really wasn't until I was in my early 30s that, well, in my early 20s, I was I went to school in San Francisco. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania. And I live here now. Uh, but I was raped in my early 20s. And I remember going to counseling and I, I said, oh, yeah, I had PTSD as a kid, but I got over it. I didn't. You don't get over it. And so I didn't really, you know, address it. And I did file a report, but, you know, I didn't have support and I didn't know how to really talk about those things. I wasn't taught that. So it's teaching those skills of just communicating, recognizing our emotions and then being able to communicate them. And so that's what, you know, some of the things that I was really missing. And uh, so in my early thirties, I actually went and went to retreat. It was kind of like, I felt like I needed to do something different in my life. And just really from there decided that I wanted to make some changes and decided to stop drinking. I'm like, oh, let's see how it goes. And so I did. And all of a sudden started having panic attacks again. So I was like, what the heck? And um, it just really kind of hit me. And then I realized I'm like, oh, all right. I am not better. I thought I was, but I'm not. And now you know, for me, my faith, that was God was like, you tried to do this on your own. Now it's time to do it with my help and professional help. So I became a special educator and a behavior analyst, even though they were not directly kind of looking at trauma. I, I understood the kids. Like I wanted to work with the kids. And I actually, um, I was in physical therapy and athletic training. And I always worked with kids, loved working with kids. And I have, well, I had 16 nieces and nephews growing up. So I was always with kids. I was an aunt since I was eight years old. so I was always around kids. And then, you know, I always worked with kids and I loved kids. And I really got those kids who had the most challenging problem behaviors. And I actually was naturally good at working with them because I think because I understood them, you know, I wasn't a problem. I didn't have problem behaviors, but I always felt like I was a bother, you know, like I was, I was annoying and I really internalized that. So I understood these kids and I was like, I need to, I need to work with them. And I, to this day, I still can really, I feel like I connect with kids and understand them, uh, which made it easier for me to to do my job, you know, and it kind of led me to doing what I'm doing now. Uh, I've done a lot of work and I'm a stepmom and I'm a grandmother of five children. And so, and I absolutely love it. And I'm, and I'm really one of the things in the last 20 years, uh, I've spent a lot of time working with families in the community and in their homes with kids with autism. And behavior problems, and just kids with disabilities in general, and also in schools. And I realized that the adults struggle really a lot. And so they, because they don't have the skills. And so I've ended up doing a lot of training and coaching of families, of teachers, of just community members, as you know, I work a lot at the United Way and different organizations. Uh, We work with a juvenile justice center uh, locally around, you know, just kind of building relationships and mentoring. And so I always felt like I understood the kids so that now training the adults, I wanted to help them kind of have the skills because they're stressed out, too. You know, it's not like the adults are choosing to, um, you know, not have the skills that they want to help kids. And, and it's it's just that they don't always get the get what they need in college, uh, you know, even parenting skills, we don't really get a whole lot of training on it. And so, you know, luckily I found that how the approach that I really use, I, I'm very much person centered, so and family centered. So that what we have to focus on the needs of the people that are in front of us, that that my role is to help them develop into the best that they can be based on what they want to see. So the book kind of has led me. Um, it's kind of the the first, you know, I've been sharing my story for a while. And so the book is, is connecting the dots for me of mm-hmm. this is why I do what I do and to help people understand me and also, make it safe for others to maybe look at their own pain and look mm-hmm. at any trauma that they've been through and identify what is it that they need and and make it safe for people to ask for
1: help. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So many great Thanks. things in there. And, you're you mentioning that you really relate to the kids, and um now is do you think that you relate to the kids really well and can work with those especially tough cases? because of your past experience, or is that a combination of your education and past experiences, do you think? I think it's a combination of the two. I I do
0: share my story. So, you know, I mentioned we're going to um, this juvenile detention facility yeah. for teens, and I've shared my story. Like, they are actually really excited to read my book. They keep mm-hmm. on asking me, when's your book ready? And so they have heard my story, yeah. and when I talk to them about things, They know that I'm not talking at them. They know that I've experienced a lot of the things he's been through. And I help them to feel safe and just let them know, like, hey, Mm. I'm here to listen. Because when we listen, that alone is huge because it helps people feel loved when they are listened to. So uh, it's a combination. You know, it's not only do I have that understanding, I, you know, I pursued my degrees and I have my doctorate in educational psychology and all of it, um, you know, special education, behavior analysis, all of it has given me the tools to now take what I learned growing up or or what I didn't learn and now actually be able to use it to kind of have a more positive impact on the kids and the families that I work with. Because like I said, it's, it's, these things don't just impact kids in isolation. It's a whole family thing. And and there's a lot of judgment of families when their kids have behavior problems. Right. And, you know, so I, I try to help make it safe for both the kids mm-hmm. and the families. Do
1: you think so. it's possible for parents to play that role with kids, too, where the kids feel safe and like can can feel like they're being listened to even though we're in that parent parental role. Um I feel like, you know, as as a person coming into a family to help support, you kind of have the upper upper hand on that because kids can 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 see you as an outside person. Do you think parents too, like by us sharing our experiences of our childhood, is that helpful, you think, uh for our kids to be able to understand us? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, when
0: parents, you know, uh, parents really, it's about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so really that's number one. When we think about, uh, you know, we always think about we have to have the best behavior management systems. And, the, the you know, especially okay. when we talk about kids with special needs, lots of times we want to have the best of everything. And, yes, that's good. The The number one thing that we can really do is literally focused on just that relationship and not always having to to fix things and to always want to jump in. It's, yeah. it's just spending time. And one of the most important things I think for parents or anybody doing uh, working with kids with challenging behaviors is that the adults have to take care of themselves. Yeah. And make sure that they are putting their own oxygen mask on because mm-hmm. if they're not, they're going to react. Rather than responding to their children. So having that you know, making sure that they're doing things. And it's not like, yeah, just take yoga class kind of thing. You know, I say that's not it. It's yes, those may be helpful, but Mm -hmm. people really things in the moment so that they can you know, if things are messy. It's not always so easy to say we're going to have this really complicated plan that we're going to put in place. It's it is. How can we address those things in the moment? And one of the first things is truly the adults needing to make sure that they are taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the pri- that is the priority. And I think it, a lot of times it's hard because we yes, we want it make sure we are taking care of our kids and yes we want to do that it's just that if we are struggling with our own you know problems Mm -hmm. demons whatever they are um, lack of skills then it's going to be really hard for us to truly support our own children Mm -hmm. and you know any other kids that we're around
1: yeah it's interesting it's like we're kind of in this like weird spot because we've got to deal with our own childhood traumas first but we're also have our own children and try not to cause them childhood trauma at the same time it's like balancing like working on ours and I, I when I was answering asking you the last question I kind of laughed at the end because you know I was asking about like you know can sharing our does sharing our past really help your kids relate to us and we our kids watched the breakfast club the other day with us and I had never really watched that show but it was obviously filmed in like the 80s and and like oh yeah and when my husband and I were probably around like kids in that time and so my kids were like wow you had that or oh my gosh like it was just really funny for them to see a movie of that generation of things like kind of and let them have a little bit of a peek into what it was like growing up for us (laughs) and and in the 80s or whatever so anyway that was that was super fun that's super fun to to do but yeah we're in a really tough place between this like trying to figure out our own crap and help our kids with their (laughs) crap so you know Mm -hmm. one of the things that you know we were wanted to talk about today was the ultimate strategies for calming Stress, the stress storm in our home, and I feel like the stress storm, even in my own home, happens. I think because there's some unresolved trauma from our childhood, plus our kids, their 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 own personalities coming into this world, and they kind of all collide together. Yeah. It's some moments in the, in the home, and I know this is not just my home, <laughs> many homes. Yeah. So. How do we deal with those those stress storms that that seem to come out of nowhere sometimes? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it really so
0: you know, really comes back to the first thing we have to think about is we have to we wanna help a child regulate their own emotions. Mm -hmm. We can't do that unless we're regulating our own emotions. So we have to think about what can we do. To say, all right, we're gonna we're gonna really need to calm myself down. Uh, I need to think about what is gonna happen first. What do I need to do that's gonna help me to regulate my emotions? And then, and that really us doing those things, and then modeling. So even just talking to our kids uh, and saying, you know, hey, I'm gonna take a minute. Let's take a minute and let's do this together. We do this with our grandchildren. Let's take a deep breath. Let's go in through our nose and hold and then exhale. And, and then just modeling that. And um, we have one other tool that we use. It's like, it's an expanding ball. It's one of those things. It's like they can expand. Um, I think they're called like the Hubert uh, sphere or something like that is what they're originally, but it's uh, it's this ball that really kind of can expand and then closed and I got we have twin granddaughters and uh, I got one for each of them so that when they were younger. And so uh, we can kind of model and expand the ball like, OK, let's let's do a deep breath and then close it. And they just love doing that. And it kind of made it concrete for them mm-hmm. to how to breathe because that just breathing. That's one of the easiest things. We always have our breath with us. Mm-hmm. So something like that is really one of the first things. It's it's okay to pause. It's really important for us to just say, you know what? I need a couple minutes before mm-hmm. I deal with the situation. Yeah. Because if we don't, again, we're more likely to escalate the situation. Yeah. And so it's really important. That's what we have control over is our own behavior. Mm-hmm. We can't control our kids. We okay. can only control what we do. So that and first step thing. of all right, let me help regulate. Yeah, let me help regulate myself and then I can help my child regulate. But if if you're doing it yourself and you're just talking about it and you have you make that a part of how you operate, like on a daily basis, then it makes it easier when you're actually in the middle of a crisis. So yeah, absolutely. that first part
1: is that regulate. Yeah, my kids so do really, this like uh, then, finger the finger breathing. They do like you know you take a deep breath in as you draw up your thumb and then exhale as you go down the thumb and inhale up the finger, yeah. and then that really seems to work. That's like five. It's, it's like a nice visual for them to see too. They they yeah. they learned that one at school. I think that was a great one. Yeah, box breathing is another. You know, if you mm-hmm. think about
0: inhaling, hold it. You know, usually at least four seconds, right? Um, and holding it and then yeah. exhaling. And just those things, I know when I, whenever I do that, I yawn, and a lot of people think of like, oh, that's rude. Mm-hmm. Yawning is actually, it's letting you know that your your um your nervous system is regulated. Mm-hmm. So yawning is really good. Thing. It's a good thing. So yeah. You notice if you do some deep breathing, all of a sudden you start yawning, and it's like, oh, really? Are you bored with me? Yeah. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> That's a good thing. My nervous system is regulated. So, So, you know, but building even those activities into it, they don't have to be long. A couple minutes of just quick little things that you just put in your schedule. um, And and those are going to help you when you're in a crisis. Right. That's great. So if they're freaking out, the first thing that we need to do is that regulating. We can't go anywhere. We can't try to talk to them. Even like mm-hmm. it's more of, all right, let's stop for a second. Let's do some breathing. Then let's check in. The next step is that relating. How do we make sure that you are feeling safe? And and this is, you know, it's just listening sometimes, you know, and say, hey, I'm here for you. I just want to let you know. And and allowing kids to talk because sometimes they just need to talk or work. Maybe they don't need to talk because maybe they can't talk at that time. Mm -hmm. It's just about we want to let you know that we want to let the kids know that that they're safe right now. Could Mm -hmm. be hugging. That was one of the big things that my mom used to do to me. Like, it's just that feeling held or having a blanket around me. Like, those were some of the things that were really helpful. They helped regulate. But also, it was that physical touch of my mom again kind of comforting me Mm -hmm. and that's the relationship it you know obviously my mom worked a lot on our relationship in general like she was she was a great woman and it's just that that made that part of that the second strategy of relation it made it easier to work in the moment we can't expect kids to have you know just a stranger or you know maybe somebody that they don't necessarily interact with on a regular basis they may know them So it's important. It's actually okay to have safe people. It's good to have safe people so that kids understand I can go to them when I'm stressed, you know, and so it's important for them that I know who my safe people have always been. And so that's important for kids. Mm -hmm. And then once they feel safe, then you can actually talk more about, all right, you were really upset. Let's talk about what was going on. You know, that may not be immediately. That could be really 5, 10, 15 minutes until kids are ready to talk. A lot of times we as adults want to be like, what were you thinking? Why are you doing that? You shouldn't have done that. You know, and freaking out. They're not, they're going to be like, uh, my brain wasn't fully, you know, they may not tell you, they're not going to tell you this, but their brains are not able to respond to you in a Mm -hmm. way that is going to actually um, makes sense. And so. Yeah.
1: Oh, I have a great example of this that happened in our house this week. It was so funny. We, I was looking at our credit card statements and I'm like, what are this like apple.com forward slash bill? There's like all these charges. And I was like, what is that? And it was like, you know, $15, $30, $10. I was like, what the heck? And anyways, we found out that it was, for some reason, my son thought he was using his gift card from his uh, Minecraft game, and it was actually like not. He was actually just charging to our credit card, and we didn't realize that it, that setting was not honor for some reason and so he said I, you know we want to just talk to you about this for a second and he went into absolute like freak out and I was like you're not in trouble we just want to talk about it we just want to see if it's coming from your thing I'm not sure if it is or not anyways he just went into full panic like freak out and he couldn't talk and couldn't until he had that calm down and even even just like the hug it like melts him right and then he was like ready to talk like a few minutes later but like immediately went to this like panic freak out I was like oh we were like, we weren't aggressive like it was a very calm thing but it was like oh god I'm in trouble kind of thing and yeah. he went yeah. to a flight like way out of there <laughs> that's somewhere. exactly it it's you know it's subtle but that yeah. fight or flight automatically can kick in at any yeah. time yeah you know? it was crazy That doesn't happen super often, but it was like really just just happened yesterday, the other day. So I was like, oh, that's a good example of that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great. So you already
1: were doing some things to help them regulate. So that's great. Only because I have this podcast and I've listened to some other people share some things similar to that. (laughs) See, this is why I have this podcast, so I could be a better parent. (laughs) There you go. So I know it works. That's great advice. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that, you know, again,
0: kind of those three things of regulating, you know, whether it, whatever you're doing to help yourself regulate and, you know, adult self-care is really critical. It's not just something that sounds good. It's critical for you to be a successful parent. It really is. Uh, and then relationship that relate. So regulate, relate is, again, helping kids to feel safe, just knowing that you're there. Hey, I'm here. I'm here to talk. When you're ready, let's just, you know, we can sit here and just relax for a little bit until things calm down. We can't try and push things when either one of us are escalated. And then then the reason comes in later after, you know, like I said, after things are calm, then they're going to actually learn from the experience and say, you know, what was going on? Asking questions that are more like what and how rather than why did you do that? You know, like okay, what what was going on? What what was what was your thinking behind that? How were you feeling during this situation? Doing those kind of questions just are a way to help kids help. We want to help them identify how to um, identify their own emotions. You know, because a lot of times we just don't make that connection. And it's like, well, I don't really know. And it helps them to reflect a little bit. Mm. And that they're then learning that skill. And it takes the work off of us because a lot of times we're just automatically wanting to give them the answer, like, you know, this is going to be the final. And yes, there are going to be situations like, no, you will not go out and stay out till 10 o'clock at night, you know, on a school night, whatever that is. There are going to be certain boundaries. But when there are times when there are multiple opportunities To grow from a situation, you know, that's a great time to just ask those questions, you know, and and say, all right, this was a crazy situation. What can we do differently next time? And, and, you know, and kind of problem solve. You know, like I said, there are absolutely times when you need to have those very explicit boundaries and upfront clear expectations.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And when those are all in place, this is these strategies work work a lot more effectively because you already kind of have
1: some structure in place for boundaries, healthy boundaries. So. Yeah, I think that's a key key part key part of it. Not knowing. I remember I said something in a pre- paper I wrote in high school. I was like, how many rules growing up? And my parents were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, well, I guess I just didn't know because I didn't push any of them. But like, I didn't know that there were. So that would have been good to know what right. the boundaries were. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. true. So (laughs) absolutely. Oh my gosh! So those are so amazing. As such great strategies. Thank you so much for sharing them with us because I know that's really going to help parents uh, when they're faced in these situations. Because sometimes it can just come. Like I love your your wording around the stress storm because it's like it can just like come out of nowhere. It Reminds me of like a water spout coming out of like you know a water and all of a sudden you're in a in a in a tornado, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. Can you share with us a little bit more about how to work with you and where to find uh, where we can buy your book? Yes. So uh,
0: my website is www.katonalinconsulting.com and I have an author page there. And so I also have a chapter in another book and that is on uh, the website under the author page, as well as a uh, a, an interview I had done on suicide prevention several years ago. And so those are on the website. And also I have other, some other free resources as well as uh, you can set up a call directly through my website and um, they can reach out uh, definitely through the website. My email is an at Katona And so schedule some time and we can talk and see if, if I'm a fit for you and if uh, we we can work together. And I, I do work a lot with schools and I, I really try to help kind of systems uh, and I do uh, really kind of work with families and, and schools to help best work with their mm-hmm. community partners and families. And so those are some of the things that I do, but, uh, you know, so let's have a conversation. So if you're
1: interested in learning more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Han, for being with us today. Blissful Parents, uh, make sure you go and check out Katona Lynn Consulting and uh, all the amazing things that Dr. Han has, including her book that's just coming out, uh, Shedding Lies and, um, in, well, Shedding Lies, Living Beyond Childhood Trauma. I should say the whole the whole, the whole, whole book's title so people aren't confused. Uh, but th- thank you so much for being here with us today. It's been really fabulous to have you in share some great wonderful nuggets with our families today so blissful parents go out there and have a fabulous week thanks again dr n and we'll see you all again you're welcome same time same place next week this episode is brought to you by the blissful parenting toolbox If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free parenting toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops, as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside.